as Dusty Rhodes would have been happy to see, it is the lockdown edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. All cage matches all the time uh, here on this nice Sunday evening. Uh, lads, how are you all doing there in your little isolation pods? Good. Yeah, doing all right, Barry. Uh, I'm Barry, that's Paul. Uh, Joe's also here. Hello. Um, There's one thing the virus can't stop, a, a structure not dissimilar to the Elimination Chamber, <laughs> uh, where basically we're surrounded by it, oh, the, the, the black metal part, that's all microphone. And then the little, the little uh, bulletproof pods, that's all of us in here with our, our contagens. Um, so yes, let's just jump straight into the uh, uh, the mock here. Uh, as with every other media broadcast for the last week, we would be remiss if we didn't kick off with the uh, uh, the coronavirus chit chat. Um, myself and Paul are in Ireland. We are in a sort of preemptively locked down country, uh, sort of uh, locking down before things get too out of hand. You know, trying to avoid finding ourselves in an Italy situation. Mm-hmm. Joe's in a little bit more of a, uh, you know, uh, this is the official statement, by the way, from the from the government. Um, Let's play not by quite ear. sure what's going on over there, Joe. What's 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 the crack? Um, kind of business as usual, really. Um, apart from the Premier League stopping, uh, everything else is, is carrying on as normal. Um, I think the plan is wait until the last minute when the virus isn't expecting it. <laughs> then shut everything down. Element oh. of surprise. Well, even yeah. the Premier League were were more reactive than proactive because they were like, eh, "All's all is going ahead until a load of players and managers got infected, and then the and then they said, "All right, we'll wait. We won't. We won't have yeah. matches for a while." Yeah, was that the literal tipping point? Was when actual players began to show symptoms? Yeah, really yeah. was. Yeah, I think it was Mikel Arteta get testing yeah. positive. And that that sounds shocking, and I love how pro wrestling is even managing to outdo that in terms of shittiness. Um, uh, Like, you know, uh, Sonya Deville may need to drop dead of coronavirus before before WrestleMania is cancelled. But we'll get to all that in due course. Obviously, yeah, a a lot of stuff going on in the last week. It's been uh, a whole lot to digest. I'm pretty sure we've talked about coronavirus on the show already because it's been an ongoing thing for the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then it was very much a case of oh, you know, it's coming in here. Okay, time time to start taking seriously the old hand washing. Oh, okay, maybe now it's time to start getting serious with X Y Z. And then uh, you know, this last week it, it was very much a case of okay, now time to start having the conversations about the schools shutting down and the and the, mm-hmm. the gatherings being cancelled and things like that. It, it got very real very fast. Um, so so yeah, here here in Ireland, we're we're kind of um, no schools, no no colleges, no governments. Kind of, uh, I don't think any government spaces are open. Obviously, the government are still working overtime, uh, but public facilities are kind of limited. Um, and the old um, the old restrictions on the um, the public gatherings, uh, which is of course uh, dealing quite the blow to um, uh, the the sort of small-time entertainment industry. And I suppose in something that we would have been chatting about in the, the Wrestling Golf section of the show, we can jump in here and talk about the Scrapped Scrapper Mania show. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul, you had, you had tickets for that, of course, didn't you? Correct. Uh, now, what did you, you were you in for the meet-and-greet, or, or what were you in? No, because I'm not one of them meet-and-greet folks. 
Unless it's free with the ticket, in which case, sign me up, baby. I will shake Hornswoggler's hand. <laughs> um, the old Mr. Kennedy job. <laughs> that was great. You used to get meet and greet free with, like, seated tickets. That's tremendous. Um, no, I had your typical assigned floor seats so I can mosey in 30 seconds before the show began and plunk my fat ass down in a chair. Uh, but alas, this time it wasn't to be. Uh, Scrap Mania did not happen. Or at least has not yet happened this year. Um, you would think that, you know, once everything calms down and once they arrange uh, a next stadium show, that that would then be Scrapper Mania uh, as opposed to WrestleRama or whatever. Or whatever, yeah. But um, yeah, suck, sucky situation. Um, I don't know if it would be would it be any better or or worse were it the you know the basketball arena in Tala or um, the KRFC um, or the KFRC or whatever the fuck that place is called. Um, I always get that wrong. Yeah. Uh, the 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 KFC uh, wrestling bucket deal. Um, but um, yeah, the 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 big deal I guess coming out of all this was the the kind of the fan reaction to the show being cancelled, the very kind of communal pulling together yeah. everybody to say let's let's not let this cancellation really affect in such a way the wrestling company that we all love and we all support. Um, a GoFundMe was set up pretty soon after the cancellation, which I think as of now, has raised like six and a half thousand euro or something. Right, yeah. Um, there was a Scrapper Mania 5 watch-along last night. People are saying that they're not going to, um, you know, as, as far as they're able to, you know, accept refunds for the show or they're going to put that money into buying merchandise of wrestlers and, and so on. Um, so a really nice kind of outpouring of support in mm. what would otherwise be a massively uh, negative weekend for the people involved in putting the show on. Absolutely, yeah, because it's like um, we're going to talk about some of the other cancellations and how they may or may not affect people down the line. But we, with a company the size of OTT, uh, a cancellation is not just you know the 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 fans missing out on the experience. I mean, it's a potentially massive blow to the company, especially when you consider this wasn't just you know a, a contenders which, which contenders have been cancelled in the past, or the I think the last cancellation was a Shore Road show, which was a pretty that was a pretty big cancellation at the time you know that's an 800 uh, person yeah, venue snow, expensive snow venue week, to run. Wasn't it? outer space odyssey 4 i think it was initially that was the one yeah um, a, a much worse card on paper than this one as well yeah. um but uh with this one you know it was the national stadium two thousand people some expensive talents and it's always kind of no two cases are the same but with some of those big names flying in, it's always a bit ambiguous as to, you know, some of them require payment up front, some of them they're not necessarily going to pay you back if you give them a deposit. Well, yeah, even uh, deposits yeah. to keep the date, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, the 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 rent for the venue, I mean, if you choose to cancel an event, I mean, it's all, you know, so it's not, you know, it's it's very much there was concern about, about OTT going in the hole financially for this one. Um, and it thankfully, seemed like it seems like OTT that will not be the case. Um, it seems like they weren't sharing flight payment with other companies as they often do because 
people were flying in only to do this show as well. Right. So yeah. Right, yeah. It was kind of uh, the worst the worst possible show to get cancelled on them. It really was, because I I mean I was I was waiting for the other mock dates to be announced. Do you know what I mean? I was yeah. waiting for Fight Club or someone else to um to announce him and it never came and that's the, the double edged sword. It was simultaneously the coolest thing ever that he was coming to OTT and then it was also probably one of their biggest uh financial burdens. Um someone using his real name, I don't know if it was really them, donated a grand to the GoFundMe. Um, I mean, I don't know who's just dropping a grand for a a fake, like a gag or whatever, but... Yeah, that's true. Um, Either way, well done, whoever uh, that was. Well done, then. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and and, and a bunch of people obviously then saying, look, I think you have to accept the refund, but a lot of them were saying, look, I'll give it to the Kickstarter or the GoFundMe or whatever it was. I'll buy merch, I'll do whatever it takes. Um, And they got little... They got little... They hadn't revealed these yet. I'd say they were raging. I'd say they were building up to a big reveal. They got 80s-style, like, the WWF wrestling buddy things. Yeah. Um, They got one for... What a trio. Martina, Be Cool, and David Starr. Um, They look great, uh, by the way. They which? They look great. They look great. They do look great. Uh, Very much this generation's um, uh, uh, Ultimate Warrior. uh, All of them. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so... um, Yeah, and as as Paul said, I mean, I I guess they'll try and redo this card down the line. Um, But uh, at the very least, it seems like they'll be able to take some time off and lick their wounds. Um, The big question is, without without being too much of a bummer, um, is their next show is Waterford in April? No, uh, that does not seem like it's going to. They haven't. They have not even begun to address that because how could you? Um, but that's what the seventeenth or eighteenth. Uh, first of all, I don't think mass gatherings are going to be back on that soon. Second of all, I, I am, I was planning to go to that show. I don't know if I'd be up for it, even if it was legally allowed by the government. I'm not sure I would be in a in a, in a mad dash to to do that. Mm. Um, which is the other thing as well um, uh, about Scrapper getting getting pulled. I, I was glad the government announcement came down because OT, being a wrestler-ran promotion, I was thinking, much like a lot of the Americans from Mania Weekend, I was thinking, if the government don't step in, Cabre is going to run this show no matter what, and I'm going to be I'm going to feel very bad about it because people are going to go out of stubbornness, and it could be very very bad. Mm. Um, uh, I was glad that there was an intervention. Now maybe he uh, that's that's quite cynical of me. Maybe he would have pulled it anyway. But um, yeah, I'm I'm going to be very curious what the rest of their their uh, spring and summer looks like. Well, also keep in mind the running of the show, given the context of all we just spoke about, all the financial burden of you know pulling the show. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I don't yeah. think I don't think I would hold it against them either way. Truth be told, that's the thing. Yeah, um, uh, it's I I don't want to begrudge anyone um, um, uh, if they do decide, with the exception of Vince McMahon, who can absolutely take it. But um, any anyone else <laughs> on the indie level, um, we'll talk about it more later on in the show in the actual wrestling off. But it, it genuinely seems like there is some actual. Um, there's some houses on the line when it comes to Mania Weekend this year. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, that was that. Um, uh, I think I mentioned on the show, though, I was not going to Scrapper Mania. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, so I... And again, this trip was planned uh, months in advance. It was not something that coincided with the, um, with uh, you know, society turning into Resident Evil. Um, but I, we, uh, me and the, the girlfriend went to a, a little secluded cabin in Cork. Uh, for the weekend um it was quite lovely 
Um, it was a very kind of small. We're trying to figure out if it was just for tourists or if it was a commune. Very, very hippie, I'll be honest. Um, uh, so much so that it had a waterless toilet, which was great crack to use. Um, but uh, yeah, very, 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 very nice. Um, kind of just what what was needed. Get away from the um, the crowds and get away from you know the radio and people in the office talking about. Oh my God, did you see that person fucking sneeze? What happened? Um, just getting away from all that for 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 two days was really nice to just uh, gen- genu- genuinely just sit in in a nice secluded uh, part of the country and uh, just you know read books and listen to music and hide away from it all. Uh, for a weekend so that was that was honestly really really great and i think uh uh, um uh, got got me in the mood for sitting around the house reading books which is what we're all going to be doing a lot of in the coming uh in the coming weeks so uh beyond uh beyond stockpiling for the apocalypse what have you lads been up to in the last in the last week Mm, not too much i actually had thursday and friday off uh which i was really looking forward to um until the pandemic was unleashed upon us um, but Thursday afternoon spent doing some chores and then Friday I had planned to go for a very long walk through London and I thought sod it I'll do it, I'll do it anyway um, so I did a, a 15 mile walk Fuck uh, across, the, across the city um, I did one last year um, kind of following the River Thames um, sort of west, west to east which was really great so I did one this time going north to south across the city um, so that was good and actually I was outside um kept my distance from people so I think it was safe. Um that was that was a lot of fun. If if you like a good walk, <laughs> highly recommended. Um and my feet hurt. Yeah, they would. <laughs> I mean I've never walked that far. I think I've walked I've done um Leaksip to Liffey Valley shopping centre, which is about ten kilometers, so that's not even half of what you did there. And my feet mm. were hurting me afterwards, baby. Yeah. So, um, I, I think it's the most I've ever walked in one day because I ended up doing 39,600 steps. How long did it take you? Um, so 10 till 4-ish. Six hours. Yeah. Wow. I've always been yeah. kind of... And Natty will back me up on this although she's kind of opposed to the idea I've always been kind of interested in the idea of, of doing leak slip to the city centre of Dublin walk mm. um, let me get up how quite how far that is Sorry. here on the old that would be that'd be mental what, would that even be is there even a walkway that far of course yeah. you could, you could, you could about 17 kilometres yeah so that's Jesus. still not even as, as, as um, I don't think still as it's just shorter than Joe's walk, I think. It's only 11 miles. I do that in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got the He's ready to go. <laughs> I think you could pretty much go up by the canal the entire way. Um, and then getting off at some point and walking from there. I, I, I'm not, like, you know, walking the motorway or whatever. But um, I think that'd be a good little challenge. Because I'm quite... I, I do like walking. I think I've done... I don't do anywhere near as what Joe did there, but I think each week I'm hitting about 70 kilometers a week. So I do about 10 a day. Um, so yeah, I, I do like a walk. I will say that. Natty does not like a walk, on the other hand. Oh, oh that's a shame. Um, but yeah, that sounds good. That's, that, that's the kind of thing that would be right up my alley. 
just whack on a few podcasts, a bit of music. Ah, uh, well, you see, this is where I enjoy listening to the Laptran podcast, which anyone that's familiar with that will know are usually about five or six hours long. Yeah. Um, so I stick on one of those, and by the time I'm finished, I'm kind of nearly through with it. Yeah. Um, kind of save them, save them for those long walks. Yeah, I did once. Um, it's nice as well because you can associate then that walk with that podcast. I, I get yes. that very, I get that very strong. Yes. Because I remember I walked up the canal from Leakslip to Maynooth, which is about, I would say, about six to seven kilometers. And I remember very vividly listening to the Second Captain's Football podcast talking about it was the night that Buffon got sent off in the Champions League for shouting at um, whatever that English referee is called. Uh, oh. In the was Juventus Real Madrid game, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember very vividly the part of the walk where they were discussing that part of the match. And that always reminds me because sometimes when we go by in the train, I look out and go, oh, that is where I walked that one time. And they talked about Buffon. Um, yeah, I do yeah. like a walk. So maybe one day, sure. Who knows? Anything else? Life goes. Well, uh, the doggy daycare business is booming, let me tell you. Um, and it's great for me as well, because I come home now from work, and there's a little dog in the house, and I get to pet it and stuff, and it's great. And Natty has potentially someone looking for the dog to be minded for a whole month, so, ooh, lots ooh. of money, hello. And also a dog, so it's nice. Go on. Her favorite kind of dog, a little greyhoundy dog. So we're very happy. Yeah, we've had lots of dogs, uh, and so far in the first week alone, it's been way taken off, kind of way more quickly than I anticipated it would. Uh, Natty is so great with them; she's perfectly qualified for his job, and uh, it's going great. We're real happy with it. Good. And also, we have a new little breakfast spot. Um, that we we used to always have breakfast in this place called Highway 66 and then that shut down that's a wine bar now and to the best of my knowledge they don't do breakfast anymore unless your breakfast is a, a Pinot Grigio or whatever um, so we found a new place where we can go and it's real nice it's called the Family Cafe and I have a little toast of a Saturday morning and it's great so I'm real happy with that as well. So all in all, aside from the coronavirus, this has been a real good week. So thumbs up. <laughs> thumbs up to the world. Uh, well, uh, I hope the listeners have their, their notepads ready because we're going to talk about things we watched on television this week. Um, uh, so so they can jot these down and burn up a few hours while they're on lockdown. Yeah. Uh, I, I did a decent bit of traveling uh, this week. Obviously, I... I Oh yeah, I was not on the, uh, last week. I was I was in Germany for the for sixteen karat gold, which just about went ahead before restrictions came in on public gatherings, which is good. Yeah. So two quick things uh, I watched on my travels. Uh, I started uh, Inside Number Nine. Ah, look at this! Um, very 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 late to the party on that one. Just the one episode there, which I enjoyed. Didn't love, but uh, I I kind of got the hook and I got the. Uh, um, uh, certainly got the vibe of it all down. Uh, so yeah, I'll watch more of that. Which That's was the major. first episode that you watched? Uh, sardines. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The sardines. I remember. I think I kind of felt the same. Where I was like, okay, 
I get what's going, but I, I thought it was maybe a little a little hokey at parts, which I guess the series sometimes is. But um, yeah, definitely stick with it. There's some good stuff in season one. Um, and so that was good, and I'll, yeah, I, yeah, and I think it took a while to kind of kick in before I kind of realised what the what the bit was, but it was good. Um, the other thing I watched was an Amazon original called Hunters, yeah, um, which is the Al Pacino starring role um, about basically a crew set in like the seventies, a crew of Jewish or or a collection of some, some Jewish and some other uh, uh, folks uh, getting together to hunt kind of the last remnants of, of, of the Nazis in, in, in America. Uh, but also the, the Nazis also have something of a secret underground society where they're, where they're kind of manipulating uh, various things. Sounds really good. It's somewhat slickly produced. It looks decent. It looks like a good kind of prestige show, um, you know, in the way Amazon and Netflix are kind of chasing that vibe. But it's and obviously it has Al Pacino in it, who's great in it, and, and lots of other great performances. But it's also like, even by the the, the standards of today, it has it feels like one of the cheapest, most like tactless uh, shows imaginable. And keep in mind, there's been a million different shows and uh, um, films and even video games about about hunting nazis i talked about inglorious bastards not long ago there's been a million zombie nazi things and all this other stuff but basically uh you know it starts off pretty intriguing you see the 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 opening kind of gambit the prologue is like this woman's going to like a um uh, a pool party uh with a local politician and it turns out that she is uh, a holocaust survivor she recognizes the the politician as a nazi who has obviously uh, acquired himself a new identity and in order to cover his tracks he says oh well i gotta he has to execute her but also all the other guests at the pool party including his own children who he has uh uh, uh that he has gotten as part of this new identity. So the the show opens with him shooting children in the head in a pool, and it's like, okay, this is a bit, this is a bit much, but fair enough. And so then, as we're getting the the first episode's ninety minutes, so you've got an awful lot of scene setting and characters being introduced and stuff like that. And they basically before they kind of even get to this ragtag unit of people who are hunting the Nazis, we also see that the Nazis are also operating a, a kind of system where they are covertly still trying to execute jews who live in america and you're like okay that's 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 one thing but but one of the one of the early execution scenes is uh a nazi masquerading as a plumber goes into this woman's house to fix her sink or whatever and then when she goes to have a shower in the next scene uh, a lock trips in her shower she's locked in and then it stops spraying water and it starts spraying gas and so she's executed in a gas chamber in her own bathroom. And that's when I was like, even a 15-year-old trying to be edgy would look at that script and say that is a little too on the nose for, for what we're going for here. And it's, it's just, it's a very weird mix of like looking and sounding very professional, like a prestige show. And then also just having the writing that's very surface level and very um, tacky is almost the word I'd want to use. Um, but it's I'll, I'll probably stick with it. It is almost morbid curiosity uh, in a way. But uh, yeah, that was the first episode of Hunters. So uh, thumbs in the middle on that one, to say the least. Um, yeah, those are my two uh, those are my two watches. I'm going to follow up on uh, Inside Number 9 fairly soon, though. Good, you shit. Well, there's uh, <clears throat> there'll be some some shit ones, but also lots of amazing ones, mind blowing ones. Yes, right. Yeah. That's true. 
Yeah. What about you, lads? Um, yeah, I've started watching. Um, this is not recent. I've, I've, I just never forgot to bring it up on the podcast ever. But you know, we've talked in the past about um that we are fans of the humble game show, uh, whether it be the chase or whether it be the pointless. Uh, but I've started watching a third uh, entry into the, into this little battle here. Uh, a spin-off of sorts. It's Richard Osman, that bloke off the pointless. Uh, House of Games. I don't know if either of you have come across this on BBC. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Very good. Um, well, there's an account on YouTube that has every episode uploaded. Oh. And it's become my kind of go-to for when I'm having me dinner or you know, I'm just around with nothing to do. I'll just stick on a quick episode of that. And it's real fun because unlike the chase and unlike Pointless, the premise of the game changes depending on the episode. It's kind of like a game show in which there are multiple kind of little segments and that the segments are kind of chosen randomly like a WWE draft generator. Mm-hmm. Um, and the games are all really kind of creative and really fun so there's one that's like you have to give your answer backwards and the question is asked backwards and they kind of have to work it out and then there's one that's like name that song and it's just showing you the initial of each like the first initial of each word in the lyrics to the kind of rhythm that the lyrics are sang and you have to work it out based on just those first letters and lots of really fun games like that there's one where they have to like on tablets kind of guess on a map where a certain event happened or try and get as close to a date where a certain event happened and yeah it's 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 a really fun game it's only done with celebrities so there's no man off the street kind of element to it um it's all up on youtube it's easily accessible um there's kind of a each week it's the same group of people for five episodes and so on the fifth day Whoever has accumulated the most points kind of wins the week. And so there's a good little challenge to it outside of the individual daily games. And yeah, it's just really fun and I really like it. Um, We also uh, hopped back on the old Grey's Anatomy uh, train. We need to get some tips about how this coronavirus can be beaten with. So let's get on the old hospital drama. Um, Picked up where we left off, season 3, episode 17. So we're coming right to the end of season 3. Um and yeah, the, we've we were watching some heavy episodes. It gets a little bit heavy toward the end of season three. Um, but one thing that I took from the last episode we watched is that all these characters in Grey's Anatomy are, are they cause their own problems the whole time, right? So there's one bit, and I'm gonna spoilers for season three of Grey's Anatomy. Whenever the fuck that. Oh was, no, so. I'm gonna take off my headset right now. <laughs> No, for spoilers for this individual episode of Grey's Anatomy from 13 years ago. Uh, there is one bit where Cassie, who is now Callie. Callie, excuse me, Callie is married to George, and she tells him something that she is uncomfortable with. So of course, he, George immediately tells Meredith it, and then Meredith immediately tells um, Catherine Heigl about it. Easy. Izzy. And then Catherine Heigl tells Cassie about it. Oh, Callie. my God. Callie. These people, let me tell you. There's no secrets in this world. 
People are just telling other people's secrets to everybody. And then when it comes back to bite them in the ass, they get all angry about it. Well, maybe you shouldn't have told that person in the first place, idiot. That's me reacting to Grey's Anatomy. Sometimes it makes me want to like pull my skin off. Also, Meredith, right, had a near-death experience one day. Then the next day she's back to work like nothing happened. That was... Very, it was the very next episode. I'm counting it as the next day because the lady who was in the um, fairy accent with her face all mangled looked pretty much exactly the same in the next episode. So let me tell you. If you, if I nearly die, I want to get at least a month off work. I'm not back to work the next day. Let me tell you that much. Apart from that, it was real good. Um, of course, RuPaul's Drag Race, another episode. Uh, came out on Netflix there yesterday. Was real good. I feel like they've kind of lessened the... Maybe they haven't. Maybe it's just me looking into it. But I feel like they've lessened the attention on the diddler a little bit. Because we talked about the, the diddler on it this season. Who've been disqualified already. But they've already shot the season. You know, the season got to be what it's got to be. But I think that like there's less kind of cutaways to that person and talking heads of that person than there was in the first two episodes. Or maybe they is couldn't. it like is it like when they're trying to show Randy Orton winning his world title without showing Benoit? A little bit like that. A little bit like that. My God, this drag queen has won the world heavyweight championship. <laughs> what a moment! <laughs> Oh my god, WrestleMania 20 when Shawn Michaels was defeated by Triple He's H. a diddler. <laughs> well, we knew that already. Um, oh dear. Anyway, so that's real good, and we're still making our way also through season 10 of that. And then once that's done, and Grey's Anatomy is caught up a little bit on, there's a, we're, we're going to be in this house for a while. We have lots of TV that we need to watch. We still need to finish Adventure Time, Lost, Death Note. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, um, Westworld. I want to watch Borwick Empire sometime again. Uh, so yeah, we'll have lots of time for telly guff over the next couple of weeks. Joe, what do you watch on the telly? Well, um, not really been able to fill the gap that Gilmore Girls left. Oh. Yeah. I'm trying to find another kind of long running, you know, possible. Yeah. Trying to find another long running kind of show that you can just kind of stick on every night, do a couple of episodes, but not found anything yet. Um, did start rewatching Life on Mars, which Michelle has never seen. I uh, haven't watched that in quite a few years, so I thought I'd, I'd give that a go. That's still quite fun. Only 12 episodes, though, so, you know, not going to last us too long. Mm-hmm. Already through season one. Um, but that was good. Other than that, not a lot really. Just been watching uh, the news, <laughs> just to see if there's any major updates. Uh, started the OC as well, um, which I never actually finished when it was originally on, even though I did like that show. Right. Um, the first few episodes are brilliant, uh, full of iconic moments like "Welcome to the OC, bitch," and uh, others. Um, so probably, probably. Persevere with those two, but I'm really, I'm really looking for a new series to kind of just get, get my old teeth into. Um, so, any any recommendations anyone's got for a series? Ideally, was like four or five seasons, mm. hundred episodes plus, so I can just kind of wow. plow through it. Yeah, that's that's no. Mm. And uh, yeah, uh, we could probably move on there to uh, the gaming. Yes, uh, the old video game popular electronic uh, form of entertainment um surprise surprise i'm still playing call of duty 
Um, I will I will get a new game next week. Um, but uh, still think all through. They finally rolled out their Battle Royale mode that's been leaked about 17 times. Um, they rolled it out this week. It's really, really, really fun. Already got a win. Oh, who said that? What? Oh, um, <laughs> Don't say that out loud. Oh, that's embarrassing. I wish <laughs> someone didn't say that. Um, Let me just say yeah, it moved me to a bigger house. <laughs> Um, I actually didn't get one in last year's game at all, so that was quite the triumph for me. It's really, really great. Uh, um, last year's Battle Royale mode in Call of Duty was very much just, here's our version of PUBG or Fortnite. It's the exact same, you just play it with Call of Duty controls. Whereas this one is, uh, you know, it's pinching little mechanics from other games, it's it's refining things from last year, it's actually adding new mechanics, which last year's game did not do at all. Uh, this Whereas this time they've actually come out with some new stuff uh, same basic format. This is 150 players drop on a map. Uh, it's mandatory team, so everyone's in a team of three, and you try and survive the like the game. Basically, last last team standing wins. But what's uh, what's cool about uh, this one is that when you die, quote unquote, when you're killed, uh, instead of just being out of the game, they play a cutscene where you're taken to a gulag and you're forced to fight other prisoners who are other players who've died. And it's basically a, just a, a standard shootout with pistols. And whoever wins then gets a chance to jump back into the game right. uh, and pick up where they left off, which is actually a nice little touch uh, because there's often a, you know, a criticism of the genre that you get in. And if you die fairly quickly, you have the option of either spectating your team or just quitting back to the menu, whereas they've tried to kind of uh, nullify that a little bit by giving you more stuff to do after you lose. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. And um, uh, I'm going to play a few more games of that. But also uh, next week, uh, like a lot of people, I think I'll, I'll be partaking in the old Animal Crossing. Uh, and I've actually never played one of those before. So I'm going to be experiencing it for the first time. And what better time to experience a game like that than when the entire world is shutting down. So, uh, yeah. That's I love I, uh, all the people publicly as well going, Nintendo, bring it out now. Bring it out early. Do the right thing. <laughs> Of which I agree, by the way, because I'm also... <laughs> Wait, we're, we're anxiously awaiting Animal Crossing in this house as well. What is this? It looks lame as hell. Well... This is this from a man that plays Eggies and... <laughs> every day of the year. It's very hard to kind of categorize what Animal Crossing is. Um, I suppose, in, in an ex- to an extent, it's kind of a, a life sim in which you kind of collect... Right collectibles and I don't know it's 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 very hard to describe even more so given that you know my first experience with it was the original on the Nintendo GameCube and it was just mm. so there was so less in it than there is now and it was like what do you do in that game well you you kind of you you walk around your town and you talk to the people who live there and sometimes one of the people who lives there will move out and a new a new uh, animal friend will move in and you have to make sure everyone's happy and keep them happy and also decorate your town so it looks nice. And sometimes you find cool little Nintendo reference gear that you can put in your house. It kind of sounds like a Facebook game, to be honest. But it's 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 genuinely fun and very addicting, especially if you kind of get hooked, hooked by it right away. And, um, yeah, Natty is like an elite-level Animal Crossing player, so... That's why I took 20th of March off already, and we're going to play some Animal Crossing. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Can't wait. 
we'll have to add Barry as a friend and visit his town and do all yeah. that stuff. Um, yeah, really. You, know, you, might, you may have to assist me as well. I don't. I I have more of an idea of what it is than Joe, but I not much. I I know it involves. Um, you know, all, um, uh, you know, uh, visiting a lone shark, yeah. um, <laughs> um, and uh, planting seeds—the two things that are uh, that, that what life is all about. Yeah. Um, in the meanwhile, I've dusted off the old Wii U, um, that's been leveling my kitchen table for the last two years, and um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Picked up again, uh, Zelda Twilight Princess HD. Um, nice. I don't know what it is. I I think it was because my brother had been playing uh, Link to the Past. He borrowed my SNES Mini from me, and so at work and that I was talking to him about about the game, and it kind of gave me a little wee Zelda itch. Um, and I had started Twilight Princess, I don't know, maybe six months ago, and just kind of fell away from it because of other games coming out and so on but um i wasn't too far into it It was only about two hours into it into what is maybe i don't know a 45 hour 50 hour game so i picked that up again um just yesterday i played it about four hours between then beat the first temple on my way to the second one it's really great and there's bits about it that i like um more now than when I played it the first time and I think you know in the many years that have passed since I originally beat the game with all the movies that I've watched and and all the TV shows I've watched and all the games I've played since then I have a more kind of arty farty wanky critical eye to the game where I'm like <laughs> oh my god the the segmentation of the peoples in the world is being physically represented by the segmentation of the geography of the world and blah 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 but like I really really like it and it's really fun to play oh, yeah, and yeah, it yeah, actually yeah, you're right that is wanky yeah <laughs> it actually hasn't aged as badly as I thought it was gonna have um okay because you know, I've gone back to games of that era, like Mario Sunshine, and I find the camera and generally the control, like the movement control, to not be so precise as I'd like it to be based on modern games. But with this one, I've kind of got used to it very quickly, whereas Mario Sunshine, I found the camera obscenely difficult to control. Um, whereas here, the, there are options to like invert the y-axis, the x-axis, or both axes. Um, so depending on the game, like I'm playing Twilight Princess now with both axes inverted. I don't know if that's how I normally play or that's the modern. I, I, I don't know. But um, that's what seems right and comfortable to me based on the controls. But um, it's great. And to be honest, maybe it's again a good time for coronavirus because it's also given me a little itch to maybe play Breath of the Wild again. So we'll Ooh. see. I don't know because that's a, that's a big old commitment to make because that's a hundred hour game. But playing Twilight Princess, oh, I'm like, oh, remember Breath of the Wild? That game was so good. I do. No, I need to restart the game from the beginning, and then I'll maybe play the DLC as well because I never played the Breath of the Wild DLC. But one day maybe we'll see. But also, Animal Crossing is coming out, so that itch may never get scratched. But we'll see. Um, But that's what I've been playing, and also Pez. Um, I I was the manager of Wigan. 
I became I, I moved to Wolves, became the manager of Wolves, bought Wigan's best players. Wigan then got relegated immediately. Um and what I'm doing now with Wolves is I'm holding out the only team that I'll move for now is Man United. Because I've often started career modes with United. Mm. But I like the challenge of picking up United in like twenty twenty four. Because United in my game now are like ninth, tenth in the table. So hey, it's just like real life. <laughs> Um, but they've bought like some weird players and the team isn't quite as when I look at it I go oh I could come in there and fix that team but I have to wait for them to offer me the job before I can do that so I'm I'm plugging on with Wolves um, in I'm, I'm currently in the 2023-24 season uh, my big summer signing was Alan St. Maximan from Newcastle for 80 million uh, he's he's 87 rated in the game now, which is, I think, only four points below the best player in the world in the game. Uh, so he's suddenly got very good. Uh, and he the first two games I played with him, uh, he, I don't know why, but he was shite. Now, I know when you <laughs> when you play Pez and you go, that player was shite. Well, you you are that player. But like... <laughs> but like there's certain Are you explaining video games, but there's certain yeah. elements of the game that you you're in control of, and there's certain elements of the game that you know you kind of aren't. So you will press the button to like pass in a certain direction, and then it won't quite go where you want. It seemed like all those things are happening with that one player. So I don't know whether I was playing him in the wrong position or what was the deal, but um, so far a, wa- a waste of eighty million. I should have bought a player who didn't play for Newcastle. Anyway. Maybe that's why I didn't get the United job. <sighs> Although Chelsea offered me their, their manager job. I said, <laughs> get the fuck out of here with that. As if I'd be a Chelsea boss. Get away from me. So anyway, that's what I've been playing. Lovely. Again, and this is maybe a new record, by the way, guys. I think this is the third week in the row. I haven't watched any movies. I have also not, uh, and actually, that I, I'm gonna have to call Odie on tomorrow and be like, oh, "This whole uh, limitless subscription thing. I'm not coming into your facilities anytime soon, so <laughs> you can take me. You can take me off that, please." Yeah, that's a shame. Well, this is the thing, right? A lot of cinemas, are, are like OTT and like the indie wrestling, are going to be really badly affected by all these movies that are being delayed now. You have fast. Uh, nine, whatever that's called, F nine, yeah. delayed by a year. Bond, Bond which was the Bond. first one, November. Uh, Mulan, delayed. Like Disney announced like three movies delayed. You have to assume whatever the first of these new Marvel movies going to be delayed as well. So like, cinemas, if they close because there's no movies out to show, like <laughs> how do they pay their rent? How do they? keep going mm-hmm. you know especially the smaller chains um i don't know it's gonna be tough it's gonna be a tough couple of months ahead for them but anyway joe tell us about the movies that you watched movies um i only saw one new movie watched one this afternoon yeah. uh popped around my mams just see how she was doing and i watched a little movie um had to find something that we're all going to enjoy so we put on uh, Julie and Julia, which is a film from I think it's been out quite a few years now. This is Meryl Streep, right? This is your Meryl Streep and your Amy Adams, so two 
Uh, brilliant actresses. Oh, yeah, 2009. Well, that's quite, yeah. quite an old film. Um, so it's an Nora Ephron film as well. I think it might have been one of the last films she did before she uh, before she passed away. She died in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote and directed it. And it's about this woman who cooks the, an entire recipe book that was written by this chef called Julia Child, who's a very well-known chef in the US, kind of a pioneering TV chef. Uh, and she does this blog where she kind of recreates all of her recipes. Uh, but at the same time, it also kind of flash, flashes back to, I guess, the kind of 50s, 60s, um, where Julia Child is kind of becoming a cook and starting to buy her cookbook. So it kind of shows both stories in parallel. And it's a fun film. It's fun. Uh, Meryl Streep does a very kind of camp, <laughs> um, sort of high-voiced version of this of this woman. Um which is very good. She, Stanley Tucci plays her husband. He's always good value. Uh, Amy Adams is very uh, kind of adorable and, and lovable as always. And uh, yeah, it's fun. It was fun. It is fun. Not really too much to say to it. Was it fun? It. Not, doesn't kind of, no revelations in it, just a sort of fun movie. Okay. Um, so yeah, check that out if it's on Netflix. Um, also watched last night, uh, Shaun of the Dead. Um, which obviously I've seen many, many times. In fact, mm-hmm. when I watch it, I just keep quoting bits from the director's commentary that I remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've listened to that probably four or five times. Um, so, yeah, that again is a great film. Uh, not perfect, but always entertaining, always funny, always sparks joy. So, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, classic film there 16 years old now yeah not bad for um, a debut film oh I know fantastic wasn't it really was it really wow yeah got a right right Peg and Frost first ever cinematic venture they really nailed it talk about a strong first effort yeah um, and that's that's been about it uh, lovely stuff before we jump into the next segment here I do have some mails I'm kind of backdated on mails here I'm going to run through uh, this one here is from a friend of the show Will he says subject Kent Brockman he says Kent Brockman is great what are your favourite moments of his enjoyed your AEW write up by the way uh, thank you very much Will for reading that I appreciate it uh, Kent Brockman is great what are the best Kent Brockman moments I have one in my head immediately go on Daddy, talk about the dolly. Well, <laughs> well you're right about the Berlin Wall. Um, the um, one with the space ants, or whatever the fuck it is. The, uh, our new overlords. The ant overlords, yeah. Yeah. Uh, feasting on the goo inside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the president was arrested for murder. <laughs> for more on that, please, Dan. Is that the... Um, is that the same Kuala one? Le, Kuala Le, France. <laughs> <laughs> the Lincoln Squirrel has been murdered. Um, tax evasion and avoision uh, was a good one because I remember I before I saw that episode before I learned those are actually different things. I don't think avoision is a word, but I think evasion and avoidance are two separate crimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Good stuff there. Um, that's our that's our, uh, our appropriate weekly Simpsons reference. Uh, Ken Brock is great. We, we all excited. Oh yeah, baby. 
I think um, that is probably the bright side of this lockdown is that Disney Plus is launching. I'm going to rewatch the whole of The Simpsons and loads of Disney movies and The Mandalorian. Oh, yes, I'm refining. Oh, did you know, by the way, this is kind of annoying. Uh, they're going to redo, I believe, the weekly Mandalorian thing. Yeah, I heard about that. I don't mind too much because I do, I do quite enjoy it. I forgot things. that The Mandalorian hadn't come out over here yet. Because it was like so long oh? ago that I watched it. Look at, look at me, I live in the pirate day. Oh, arr. Well. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to watch that. Uh, yeah, I'll get it for the first month, certainly. Get the old Simpsons rewatching. Uh, get the uh, uh, get the, the classic Spider-Man cartoon rewatching. Um, uh, yeah, th- I'm not much of a Disney guy in terms of the classic movies, but they've got enough of the TV shows on there now that I'm I'm all about it. Uh, I hope they also fix that that 16 by 9 issue, although I don't think they've announced if they have yet. Um, uh, yeah, they're going to. They also got this great series that I would recommend that we watched a few of uh, when I'm, when we were in America last year, which was uh, about the history of the theme park. Um, oh, we watched okay. the, the yeah, and it was. It, Surprisingly, it was really good. I, th- I was expecting it to be a bit like a WWE documentary where it kind of just talks utter shite. And I think it does to a little degree, but actually it does go kind of beneath the surface as well. And kind of come kind of the problems and the, the disagreements and things like that. So that was really, really good. I know Michelle was looking forward to seeing the rest of that because we only watched the first two. So, uh, yeah, check, definitely check that one out. Lovely stuff. Yeah, we, so I think, is that, when is that out? Well, that, that will be out by the next episode, will it? I think it's was it the twenty third or maybe yeah maybe beginning of next week anyway yeah. we'll uh, we'll have some thoughts when that's out so that'd be fun uh, yeah that thank you very much for that email will next email here from Brandon he he says okay some services on your site interest me but I'd like some more information could someone please call me at and then he's put a number here uh, no Brandon I'm not gonna that's, call you I'm afraid. Uh, I'll we'll just read out his number and someone else will call him uh, that's always a thing to do uh, uh, yeah and that's my those are the two emails that brings up um, a funny thing right I have in, in the entire history that I've been on Twitter right I've only ever received one message request like DM message request right I won't say who it's from because I will protect the innocent okay okay uh, it says, and, and you, you, you guys, and some of the listeners will know what where this is going. He says, "Paul, can you call me? I'm the program director at some radio station. I won't read it out. In Houston, I had right. questions, and yeah, of course, I'm a long time listener to the show since the Rocket Buster days. And then he gives his phone number. <laughs> Clearly not listening hard enough. If you got the wrong person on Twitter, mate." Oh, and your 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 at isn't even. It has a different show name in it. For God's sake, <laughs> I never replied. Of course not. No, 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 no. You did the old. You did the old Carl Pilkington not relaying the message about possible work. Yeah, I um, did the old ghosting thing. Um, very good. So those those are the emails there for the week. Uh, there's a new segment we have to look forward to. We got a new segment because okay. I was putting my little thinking hat on, as sometimes I do for this podcast, right? <laughs> Why do I think of Homer with the jug? <laughs> little dance. Hey, I didn't say stop. Um, so, given that new movies are not going to 
come out in the, in in the foreseeable future. New telly okay. is not going to come out, um, and LifeGuff I feel like is going to be somewhat restricted by the fact that we're going to be locked in our houses. I said, okay, what we need is a new segment. Now this was inspired partially by Michelle's <laughs> email last week about the McDonald's bracket for what is the best McDonald's item on their menu, right? Yeah. In addition to the New Day on their podcast this week did a a show based around a, a, a bracket deciding what the best television show of all time is. Although, to be honest, if you, if you don't enjoy podcasts featuring horrible takes, I would give that one a miss. Even though it was, but but it was a very funny episode, and I thought, okay, there's some mileage in this little bracket gimmick. So our new segment is called "Quit That Infernal Bracket." So, okay. um, I'm going to throw Barry under the bus a little bit here, right? Because my initial oh, idea, oh no. my initial idea was to do uh, movies, right? And I was going to go through all three of our letterboxed accounts, pick the movies that we've rated the best and then pit them against each other uh, only two of the hosts have um, put all the movies they've ever watched on Letterboxd uh, so myself and Joe have like a, a combined two and a half thousand movies rated Jesus Christ uh, Barry 150 or something so I'm not backdating what about well no you don't have to backdate you don't have to backdate you don't have to backdate you can just put if you've seen a movie put it with a score like easy to do um, so I don't know that might be still a future one um, but what I've done is, I've done a little bracket here of thirty-two wrestlers because it's a wrestling podcast, which who are currently active on Raw, SmackDown, or AEW. So sorry, NXT. Now, what I like about this, right, is that when we do our our yearly awards, is that that is limited to a specific year, first of all. But also the criteria are, you know, when we do like total package of the year, for example, it's kind of like right. someone who excels at everything. With this bracket, right. it is completely subjective. It can be okay. that you like uh, somebody's promos, can be that you like their wrestling. And each of us has a, a one equal vote, right? So there'll be no ties because there are three votes. Um, and so this bracket is to decide... And again, it's not limited either to to a year or anything. It can be entirely subjective and entirely personal. And this is to decide who is the king of the currently ongoing ring. Right. So these are all active wrestlers who are currently on the Raw, SmackDown, or AEW rosters. Uh, the bracket has been randomly selected. And the pool of 32 was selected... Uh, by me. So maybe there are some omissions. I tried to be as kind of well-rounded, like picking the biggest stars, but also some of the best wrestlers, some of the best talkers. I tried to be as fair as possible. I think there's 11 Raw wrestlers, 11 AEW, and 10 SmackDown. So again, I tried to okay. be kind of equal mm, everywhere. Fair. So I figure we can do maybe the first half of the first round today. Do the second okay. half of the second round next week. Then we do the last six, uh, last 16. And then we do the quarter, semi, and final. So this will be like a four-week running segment. Oh, so the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm going to have to show up. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Barry's not there, or Joe's not there, or I'm not there, uh, we'll skip a week. 
right? This this for all three of us are here. So we'll do we'll do the first uh, half of the first round today, okay? So let me give you the first match. So the first match is Alistair Black and John Cena. Mm. Just refresh me the refresh my memory. The, the criteria, criteria subjective, uh, any by any definition you want, basically. Yeah, it's is entirely it, subjective. Are we talking currently or all time? It's no, okay. it's it's up to you. Can be either. You can say I prefer Alistair Black because Alistair Black uh, lately, okay, in NXT you had these like exceptional matches, etc. But John Cena had had a great period. It's entirely up to you. Whatever criteria you want. Well, John Cena. Yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go. John Cena. <laughs> well. I, mean, I mean, I mean, I've never enjoyed an Alistair Black match. So you've never enjoyed an Alistair Black match. Not, not any of his NXT matches, not really. Really? Okay. Not saying he's bad, I just, ones I've seen, I've just won, nah. Yeah, I mean, I, for a very long time, was a John Cena naysayer, let's say. Ah, weren't we all, weren't we all. Weren't we all, but I mean, I, I truly didn't get it. Because I, 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 I mean, myself and Joe, I, I, I'm sure Barry also to an extent, but myself and Joe were like hardcore, hardcore um, Power Slam readers, right? Mm. And if there were two wrestlers that Power Slam magazine didn't like, it was John Cena and Chris Jericho. And so I think that definitely painted my opinion of John Cena a lot. Because of like his punches look like shit. He's corny, his moves are stupid. I never liked his finishing move. I thought it looked rubbish. Uh, and I think it was only in later years that I kind of got on board with how good his he could he could kind of put a match together, even though his uh, technical ability, let's say, or the crispness of his moves was not there. Uh, I actually really liked Alistair Black's NXT run. I thought he had some really great matches. Um, and so, for me, it's not quite as obvious a pick. Now, of course, the fact that you two have already picked John Cena means that John Cena wins, regardless of my pick. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I think I'd go Alistair Black. Um based on I, I I I like his finishing move, I like his look, I like his um I, I did like his NXT run a lot. I thought he had some trim like some of my favourite NXT matches with like Andrade and Gargano. I thought it was really great. So I'll go at Alistair. But John Cena goes through to the round of the last sixteen. Uh match number two is an all AEW affair. Ooh. It's pack Against the meaner looking of the young bucks, Nick Jackson. Oh, that's tough. No, that's tough. Mm. Mm. I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna struggle picking whenever there's a conversation about which one of the young bucks do you like better. <laughs> I don't even know which one's which, still. To be honest, so. Matt Jackson is the one with the mutton chops. The way I initially dog, figured dog it out. Hair. Yeah, it initially figured it out was Matt Jackson is a bit more like Matt Hardy because he's the black-haired one. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Jackson yeah, looks a bit meaner. Yeah. Matt Jackson looks like he'd be your mate. Uh, 
I prefer Matt of the two of them, uh, but it's a dead heat. And it's basically, do I prefer Pack or the Young Bucks is what it boils down to, because I'm not going to split hairs about which Young Buck it is. Right. Um, I will say, oh, God, I, yeah, it almost pains me to say Pack. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, this is hard. I mean, Pack lately has had some really great stuff in AW. I think Pack, though, can can be hit and miss. I think he's he's like ninety ten hit and miss, right? Like ninety percent hits. That's not hit and miss. How is ninety ten hit and but miss? But no, but when he misses, when he misses, <laughs> when he misses, he's he's very boring, is what I mean. Like every wow. every one in ten, he'll have a boring match. Whereas I think Young Bucks or Nick Jackson, I think he's a bit more consistently entertaining and and wild and i I think of the young bucks he's like the wilder one as well in terms of like crazy spots and doing mad shit Mm. but pack has had some when pack hits he's he's had some really really great matches lately I it's a tricky one because I do uh, the young bucks have grown on me a lot, yeah. but I think I prefer Matt. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If this was wait, who is it? It's Nick, right? It is Nick, Nick Jackson. Yeah. This is Nick. Yeah, yeah. If it was Matt, I'd maybe think differently. But given the the home bias as well with Pac, yeah, uh, being a being a Geordie. How are you, man? I love when you do the promo like that, man. <laughs> and all that. I can't even see, man. Like PG and Duncan. Um, so I'm going to go for Pack. And obviously, he's, just, he's been great in AEW. I think he's really fulfilled. Mm. Showing what he can do since escaping from the Fed. Yeah. Because <sighs> I think Nick Jackson is, is the better of the two in the Young Bucks, actually. Oh, wow. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, purely in terms of in-ring. I think Matt Jackson um, is kind of more... You feel more empathy for Matt. I think Matt is kind of the the likable soul of the Young Bucks, but I think Nick Jackson right. is the the action of the Young Bucks. He's, he's kind of the, the real hidden gem in there. Um, But then I think the Young Bucks have kind of been a bit underplayed in AEW so far. Obviously, they had that scorching tag team match. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, as you, as you two have been hashing it out here, I, I've been weighing it up in my head. I, I think I'd have to go. I'd have to go Nick uh, because because at the end of the day, I've been I haven't beaten the Young Buck drum for like ten years. Yeah, and he is a huge part of that. And also, like. I think of when I think of Matt, I think of all the back-selling stuff in New Japan and mm. now in AEW. That's a very recent development, and for the longest time, Nick, as you mentioned, he was the all-action guy, and he he was kind of what stood out for the longest time about that team to me. So yeah, as much as I love Pack, I'd have to go Nick Jackson if I if I had to pick between the two. Hmm, it's a, it's a tough one, eh? Hmm. I, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I think gun to head. If you were to say, would you rather watch Nick Jackson in a match today, or Pack in a match today? Even though Pack might have 
the better match all in all. I think Nick Jackson is is an easier watch. I think he's just he's he's a spot monkey, but he's he's entertainingly mm-hmm. so. Although mm-hmm. although those I I like Pax promos. Oh, I like his promos as well because as Joe said, he's a funny little Geordie man, and his hair. Is that your impression of him? No, Joe did. The, I, I'm, Joe already did the best impression. I'm not even gonna try. Your, your growl, I mean. Oh no, no that was just me growling. I tell you what, it's pack. Oh wow! Wow! It's pack, but it's a it's a razor close roll up with the tights. Is what it is. Um. Yeah, I I I think I just haven't seen enough of of Nick on his own. So I'll go pack based on that. Um. Next one is a. I think it's a no. It's a Raw versus SmackDown. It's AJ Styles, Roman Reigns. So I like both of these. I th- I think generally the three of us like Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I remember he had that a very good match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania that one time, which was a source mm-hmm. of much mirth on this podcast. Um, AJ Styles has been in my favourite match of all time back in TNA turning point um, for, I think for me it's going to be AJ purely based on back in the, like 2004 he was kind of the centrepiece of me being introduced to a, a, a new non-WWE style of wrestling which was fast paced right. which was high flying which I'd kind of never seen before because I obviously never watched WCW never saw the cruiserweight division there my experience with cruiserweight wrestling was you know the hurricane and Matt Hardy no offense to them um, <laughs> yeah. and then then I kind of my, my, my eyes were, were opened up to TNA's X Division with Petey Williams Chris Sabin AJ Styles Chris Daniels Samoa Joe later and it was kind of like oh my god this is the best wrestling I've ever seen uh, and AJ Styles was definitely front center for that, so I'm going to go AJ Styles based on that. Uh, I'm going to go AJ Styles as well. Uh, I think the volume and the back cut catalogs is, and and I do like Roman. I think a lot of people, have, I think people fairly sharpish got over the idea that Roman is is bad. It was always kind of the mm-hmm. the stuff surrounding him. I think he is pretty talented, but we're we're even accepting that he's talented. It's it's not they're not the same league. To be quite honest, I mean it's it's it's. A, a generational star like like Styles is always going to win that. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. AJ Styles. You think of what he's done, selling out in WCW and then going to TNA, New Japan, WWE. It's been a big success everywhere he's been with a trail of amazing matches. He's uh, he's great, generational talent. Okay, there's our first uh, whitewash. Our first. Uh, 3-0 AJ Styles is through Uh, next one a bit of a step down but um, might be nevertheless uh, for discussion is Dolph Ziggler now I know you guys are going (laughs) whoever Dolph Ziggler is is against uh, that's who I'm voting for but remember in your heart years ago there was a little bit of space for Dolph Ziggler in there there was yeah yeah Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Ricochet Ooh. 
I mean, it's mm. got to be Ricochet, hasn't it? It does, yeah. Even the, <laughs> I think you are, you're fair to say, you know, uh, many, many moons ago, we were all flying the, the Dolph uh, Ziggler flag. Um, but no, it's Ricochet. I mean, he's he's been great for so long, and now he's now he's still great, but now he's just terribly underused, but he's still great. Uh, it has to be Ricochet, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say Ziggler kind of cancels out all of the goodwill we had years ago with just being an annoying prat. Um, so in that case, definitely has to be a ricochet. He seems like a nice lad. It's funny because with Ziggler, it seems like the way he wrestles hasn't changed much. But I remember there being a lot more talk about like what a great bumper he was. and You just don't hear that stuff anymore. I guess because maybe the rest of the roster is kind of elevated somewhat. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Ricochet for me, I mean, the first time I saw Ricochet live in OTT, uh, where Nat- Natty got to some tickets to go see a wrestling show, because I'd never, mm. never, been invo- never been involved, never been interested in going to an OTT show. I don't know why, I, I had just kind of had a a thing where, you know, it's it's not for me. The, the little dinky indie show in a grungy little theater, you know, that's, that's not for me. And then it was announced Will Osprey Ricochet was going to be on. Of course, we uh, you'd heard the talk about Osprey Ricochet. That was kind of mm-hmm. the thing at the time. And uh, Natty got his tickets. We went along. It was my first time seeing Ricochet live. First time seeing Will Osprey live. Um, actually, it turned out to be the only time I would ever see Ricochet live. We met Ricochet at that show. I still have a photograph. Me, Natty, Ricochet with no shirt on for some reason. Hornswoggle. Uh, what a weird foursome that was, um. But uh, wow, what a show they put on, uh. And ever since then, I've kind of followed both of those guys, uh. You know, both of their careers, mm-hmm. and uh, although Ricochet lately, for whatever reason, they seem to have cooled on him a wee bit. I think I would, I would go Ricochet as well, because because yeah, he he was my my introduction to OTT, and so. He has to get a little bit of credit for that. And he was Prince Puma as well. And he was Prince Puma that time. In- oh, Prince Puma. And Prince Puma was great, let's be fair. Yeah. Prince Puma was great. Um, I like when Conan was giving him like motivational talks backstage and he had little, his little cane. Oh, great. I should have a Conan on the list. If only he was on one of the rosters. Anyway. Uh, next one is going to be a toughie. It's an AEW special again. Here we go. Here you go. They're sitting down for this one. It's Ray Phoenix. Oh. And El Champion Chris Jericho. Oh. That's very hard. That's, That's very a toughie. Hard. Let's be honest. So it's kind of what I would consider. It's, it's the best wrestler in the world. Meaning the best in-ring guy in the world. Versus right. what I consider the best wrestler in the world, the best all-rounder character in wrestling. Um, <laughs> so it's the best versus the best. Where do you, where do you go from there? And I think, but it's like it's see to me as 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 tough as this is, it is one of the current best wrestlers in the world. But it's against one of the greatest of all time. I would say. Um, it, it's it's funny with Jericho because uh, Jericho, uh, yeah. despite the fact that now he's like the figurehead of AEW, his entire run in WWE, he was never really on the top. He was never really T 
here one, despite no. the fact that he could reinvent himself. Like you think back to his um, 2008 run, like a lot of that was on SmackDown. He was never really the focus of of WWE, and now we look back and say, yeah, one of the all time greats. It's only now that he's kind of becoming. It's weirdly, it's only now at the age of you know his late forties that he's he's kind of becoming a top top guy, which he he kind of never mm-hmm. was. You're right. I think that's because he's being allowed to become that, which I don't think he ever really got the full chance in WWE. It's weird because despite all the different characters he did in WWE with the list and the short-haired, you know, mm. um, soft-spoken heel, which is almost like the template for being a heel these days. He, he, these like, days, he, yeah. he invented that. Um, the kind of failed babyface return in 2007, the Y2J stuff. Um, it's I, okay. We, we, I, I said it's like now that he's become a top guy, but he's kind of got like a different swa- swagger to him now. No pun intended, because obviously Hager is in the group. But he's kind of got a swagger to him now that he never had. He, he, he exudes this kind of superstar persona that kind of it just like jumps off the screen. Um, but goddamn it, if Ray Phoenix isn't outstandingly good. In a in an otherworldly kind of way, like even on Dynamite this week, there was one shot, and the way it was shot, I think, it emphasized how good the move is. Where he he does the move where he kind of runs into the corner, springboards on the rope, and does like a spinning heel kick almost. Oh, it just looks so good. I was like, oh, this guy can just do it all. He can just do everything. That being said, I think I'm gonna have to go Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it is. It's, it's a tough competition. I mean, but, uh, it's I it's it's kind of the okay. I hate to use this analogy, but it's it's almost like the Ed Sheeran versus David Bowie, in a sense. You know, um, you're comparing Phoenix to Ed Sheeran, I, in the sense <laughs> that he's the the modern really? the modern top of the chart superstar versus. The one who reinvent the Madonna, the Bowie. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd go for Jericho. Yeah. Just yeah, I think yeah. I mean, come on, it's Jericho. It's the champion. Le champion. It's the champion. Just, just for the bubbly, that <laughs> for that loan. Just for that promo, he could he beat ninety nine percent of guys. Barry, eat that Phoenix. You going Jericho? Uh, yeah, let's go Jericho. Okay. Uh, we then have, and I, this this was actually a pay per view main event uh, a little while back. Goldberg, Kevin Owens. Mm. Uh, enjoying, um, <laughs> enjoying Goldberg and all that for what he is. I was never a WCW guy, so I, I I would just have to go to Kevin Owens. One of the first real hooks for me into indie wrestling, I, I'd I, I'd have to go for him. I don't think Goldberg has kind of ever been good in his WWE run. There was that one match with Lesnar that kind of that was great. Yeah, it was 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 notable. Aside from that, especially in his like early two thousands run from you know Backlash two thousand three up until WrestleMania twenty. Never really grabbed me there. Never did anything much interest. I mean, didn't help that he was 
be kind of forced to an extent to do that Triple H Formula 23 minute main event um, whenever they wrestled. Didn't help that they uh, did him very dirty in that Elimination Chamber that one year as well. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, And yeah, I mean, given my relative inexperience with WCW back in the day, Goldberg was always more... um, kind of an interesting idea of a wrestler rather than a, an interesting wrestler in his own right. Um, and Kevin Owens, although Kevin Owens, I think, has also had his, his dips, um, especially that... <laughs> we just talked about the Chris Jericho soft-spoken suit-wearing heel. When when he did that with the US title, I thought it was a, a, big, a big mistake in direction for him. But happily, he seems to be doing good these days. And... Uh, I'm going to go Kevin Owens as well. Although, goddammit, if I don't wish that he did a package pile driver still. Yes, I missed that move terribly. Yeah. Alas. Um, I was never a big Goldberg fan. But then, to be honest, I've not been a massive Kevin Owens fan since he went to WWE either. Mm. Uh, I think I'm going to go for Goldberg. Just for the hell of it. Right. Just to be the dissenting voice. Just because he, he, he did has, does have that aura, which I love, that kind of superstar aura. I, I do love the entrance, to be fair. Yeah, and just there were, there's a reason he got so over. It wasn't just kind of dumb luck. Yeah. Uh, it's the kind of charisma and everything. Yeah. So, Kevin Owens goes through. Uh, we have two matches left, guys. The first of them, a little tough one. It's Kenny Omega. Hmm. And Samoa Joe. Oh. Mm. Mm. Again, oh. Samoa Joe, who has been... He was the other half of my all-time favorite match. Turning point with AJ Styles. Um, but this, is, this is... I think this is two lads with incredible in-ring resumes, both. Yeah. Um... I have my answer fairly quicker than I was expecting, but I think because they both have great, great and very different resumes. But I think what picks it for me, my pick is going to have to be Samoa Joe. What picks it for me is that he's his character work for his entire career is it has always been something I've enjoyed. Pretty much whether he was being pushed well or not pushed well in TNA and WWE. He always tried his best to make the most of it by being a compelling character and having great promo work and having the, the mannerisms and the facials and the delivery. Even when he was reading absolute shit, he he did his best to elevate it. And just Kenny, as much as I love him, I am absolutely one of those people that he just annoys the shit out of me so often. Now, not so much lately in AEW, but I just remember that, God, that promo in the run-up to the, to the Tanahashi match where he was like... Uh, uh, Tanashi, I, I was gonna take control of you in that match. Then I'm gonna wrap my hands around your throat, and you're gonna say, "No, Kenny-san, no." Uh, and then he did like almost like a Simpsons bit of a Japanese man being choked out, and it was the most <laughs> farcical shit on the Go Home Show of the, of the Tokyo Dome. Um, I know I almost kind of want to go and find that clip now because it was like, hilariously bad. And Tanahashi's just looking at him with a straight face, <laughs> and he's like, "No." It's horrendous. Um, but anyway, uh, look at his own great character stuff. I mean, we're talking, we've seen it lately in AEW with the Hangman Page stuff. Uh, the Golden Lovers stuff in Japan was great. Um, 
he peaked incredibly high his chase of of Okada and all that stuff but Joe Joe is just a, I think an all timer in terms of great character work throughout the ups and downs of his career hmm. I'm also going to go for Joe um, because he's one of the one of the very few um, wrestlers in history to have the name Joe uh, which is good up until him it was it was just just Joe um who from his short-lived Sunday night heat run. Um, but also, I did, like, I've only recently come around to Kenny as a kind of wrestler with some of the AEW stuff he's done recently, like the tag match and the Iron Man match. Um, but I've always quite enjoyed Joe for going back quite a long time. So, Samoa Joe. Um, before we just talk about Goldberg, because I think there's only... You know, uh, they often try and do the unbeaten wrestler gimmick with new people when they come in. I think it's only been successfully properly done once since Goldberg, and that was Samoa Joe and TNA. And as I said, he was in my favorite match of all time. I think his his entire TNA run up until, you know, obviously, I think up until he won his first world title, ironically. I think his run was, like, perfect almost, right up until that Kurt Angle match. Um, lost his way a little bit after that. Drew a penis on his face. Um, (laughs) wrestled in pajama bottoms. Um, but he turned it around, stuck with what what kind of worked for him. And uh, yeah, let me tell you, I didn't think Kenny Omega would be getting zero and three in round one, but I'm gonna go Samojozo. Wow! And that brings us to our final match for week one: Seth Rollins. Daniel Bryan. Uh, even even before his 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 train wreck WWE main eventer run, even absolute peak of Tyler Black, it would not have been able to compete. Uh, it's Daniel Bryan, easy. Daniel Bryan beats most people. Let's be real. Yeah. Now there was a period, I think it, around the SummerSlam where he main evented with John Cena. There was a period where Seth Rollins, every match he had, he was like really really peaking. Um, and yeah, I don't know, for whatever reason, he just couldn't kind of maintain it, whether it was his promos just aren't that great, or mm-hmm. he, that he's a bit of um, a, a company shill, which kind of is at odds with what he portrays himself as, as kind of a, a punk rock guy, or, um, yeah, I don't know. Whereas Daniel Bryan, I love a bit of Daniel Bryan, don't you? From WrestleMania 30, one of the best WrestleManias of all time, to um, the Team Hell No stuff, which was really great at times. Uh, the Cena, again, SummerSlam at Cena, with Cena. Both of them had really great SummerSlam matches with John Cena, weirdly. Um, yeah, gotta be Dynamite Bryan. Gotta be Dynamite Bryan for me. Making Total Bellas and Total Divas interesting. Uh, tolerable. Oh, it's tolerable. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he's in my top three of all time, so probably yeah. going to be Daniel Bryan, unless he's against Kurt Angle or Bret Hart. Uh, I'm going to go for Daniel Bryan. Okay, very good. Right. Well, I think that makes it three for Bryan. So we had mm. a, we had a couple of uh, three and O's. I, ex- I expect as the further we get into this competition, we'll have less of that. It's going to get tough. It's going to get tough. It's going to get tough. Still to come. Next week, <coughs> excuse me, Pentagon Junior. Uh, we have the other young book, 
Matt Jackson. We have our reigning total package of the year, Cody Rhodes. Um, <coughs> we have John Moxley. We have Brock Lesnar, Rey Mysterio, uh, Andrade. A few other names still to come. Um, we do have four last 16 matches made. Uh, I'll tell you what they are as a little preview of what's coming two weeks' Ooh, time. Go on, go on. Okay. We have John, John Cena versus... Jan. Pac. John Cena versus Pac. Oh. We have AJ Styles, Ricochet. Chris Jericho, Daniel Bryan. Oh, and Kevin on, Owens, Samoa Joe. It's Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe. So that's, that's to come. So that's our first edition of our, our new segment. Well done. That's it. I enjoyed that. That was good stuff. And I, those those that next round sounds fantastic. So I'm looking forward to filling out that field. Um, so we'll move on here just quickly, I suppose, to a little bit of the the, the wrestling golf here. Um, so yeah, obviously, again, going back, looping, looping back around to the coronavirus stuff. WrestleMania is up in the air, which. It's kind of standard. You would expect, like, oh, you know, this show's not going to go ahead. That makes sense. But it seems like there's a little bit of a game of chicken going on as to who's going to cancel the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, WWE or or the, the, the state of Florida. Um, and it's kind of hilarious because given the current state of things, when you look at some of the uh, restrictions being put in place in Europe for public gatherings, it's fairly obvious this 80,000 uh, seats uh, Arena is not going to be hosting a wrestling show in three weeks when things are really going to be in the shit. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't think I don't think Florida wants to be held responsible for all those traveling people coming into the country and then having nothing to do and wasting lots of money and costing themselves millions in tourism money. And WWE is WWE. They never want to be held responsible for anything. So um, even as they have been taping NXT and SmackDown in the Performance Center, and it seems like that's going to be the case going forward for a few weeks, uh, that show is uh, up in the air as of, as of this recording. Yeah, it's definitely not going to happen. No. Um, <laughs> that many people in the stadium, obviously impossible. And the fact that wrestling fans' personal hygiene at the best of times oh, isn't particularly reliable... Um, at this this kind of time, I don't think it's a good idea. It'd be interesting to see what they do with it if they kind of move it to, in the summer. Having a summer WrestleMania would be pretty cool. Um, interesting to see if they change the card as well. Maybe it'll give Goldberg time to kind of get in shape and not be so blown up. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> Unlikely. He'll be, what, a couple of months older as well? <laughs> Closer to death. Closer to the grave if the virus doesn't get him before then. One foot in the grave. (laughs) I don't believe it. But the thing, yeah, can you imagine if Vince has got three months to think about the card? He's obviously going to change it. Yeah. It's not going to be the card we've got now. It's funny because despite the fact that they're doing NXT and SmackDown and Raw upcoming from the Performance Center, (laughs) they're still acting as if everything's fine in terms of the storylines that are ongoing they're acting as if yeah Wrestlemania is coming up soon this is the matches I would love by the way Wrestlemania from the performance center please give it <laughs> to me that would be great just uh, Triple H singing the national anthem like which <laughs> which do you guys think is more likely right Wrestlemania gets cancelled slash postponed to 
who knows when, the summer or the late summer. Or they just plow on ahead and just do it from a, whatever venue they can get, if the if not the performance center. Nah, they definitely postpone it. Yeah, you think forward. so? You think Vince McMahon would let other people do that, or would he say, "God damn it, we're, you can't stop WrestleMania"? It's it's really hard to say because also because it's like if they if they. Oh. This is Vince McMahon doesn't like people sneezing. People if you postpone it as well. Exactly. Oh, I really don't know. Uh, just cancel it. Skip to the next one. <laughs> just, just, just give all those people tickets to Backlash. <laughs> uh, yeah, so also all the indie shows then as a result are also up in the air. Uh, some of them were kind of bearing their soul on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, as, as we discussed with OTT, it, it, it seems like some of these places are really going to go deep in the hole if these shows don't happen. Uh, which is a, a, a depressing thought. Uh, the Collective, which is the GCW-run group, I mean, they've got dozens of international stars coming in. They've got dozens of shows as well. They, that, that thing has really ballooned in size to now incorporate you know, dozens of promotions running countless shows in one venue. Uh, high Spots, who are behind WrestleCon, and obviously they have their fingers in many pies as High Spots. Um, uh, they are said to be hundreds of thousands invested into this weekend with the thought that they were going to sell tickets and sell merchandise and sell 8x10s and sell photo ops um, uh, and so it's really looking like if 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 this weekend of activities doesn't go ahead uh, that the the kind of the indie aspect of wrestling might be changed in a very significant way in a very negative way obviously hmm. uh, and there's only there's only there's only so many dig outs and GoFundMe's that you can expect to see uh, so yeah that's unfortunate yeah, yeah. The, the I mean, worst possible timing as we said like, Wrestlemania season and Scrapamania season yeah like, like it's the worst possible three months that could have happened I mean if you want to call it an advantage I hate to use that, that term but OTT being the only place in town being the only yeah. main level indie promotion in a, in a country means that fans um who donate can rally, for around. Can, can rally around it. Whereas I think it's a bit tougher where, you know, WrestleMania weekend where there's so many mm-hmm. uh, indie promotions who are going to be affected by it that, you know, fans can't focus their attention to, you know, all of them. So it's a little bit tougher. Yeah. And it's, it's easy for fans to say, Oh, I was going to go to Scrapper Media on my own doorstop. Uh, so here's I'll give I'll donate my ticket money back to you. Whereas with WrestleMania, it's so many traveling fans, and those fans are now out hotel money, flight money, uh, X Y Z. They're out, you know, all this money. So it's not as simple for them to say, oh, okay, well I'll give you back, you know, my twenty quid to GCW for my ticket when they're when the fans themselves are suffering a loss. It's 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 pretty grim, but. Uh, but yeah, so with that, that's a developing story. I mean, I feel like that could break at any moment. I'm, I'm, we're we're kind of waiting for the for someone to blink between Vince and Florida. So we'll uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, on a lighter note, AEW was very good again this week. Did you lads watch it? Of course. 
great stuff. We got to see we got to see uh, big Lance Archer debut alongside big, sl- slightly less big but still very big Jake the Snake. Yeah. Generally, you know I love that um, the restraint the restraint in, in kind of pulling the trigger on Lance, where he was about to climb over the uh, the barricade, and Jake Roberts whispers in his ear, and then he goes back and. You know, I think a lesser a lesser creative would have had him day one come in and beat up Cody Rhodes. I like that they're kind of teasing it out a little bit. I think that's the right way to go. And then when finally it explodes, it'll kind of mean mean a little bit more. You know, I I, I really really like that that little moment. Mm. Yeah. Also, how big is Jake Snake Roberts? Jesus Christ! That DDP yeah. that DDP Yoda yeah. added the inches back to his spine. I guess it comes from the era where wrestlers were. All six foot, all bigger. Unlike now, I know. You have to be five foot eight. Um, and then you had Nick Jackson attacked and beaten up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, that was their first one. I feel like that was their first time in a while doing one of those beat down, back, serious injury angles. You know, where someone gets thrown in an ambulance. It was uh, a bit funny though because he he was just, like lying there with a the shutter. On his face. Mm. Um, <laughs> how heavy are them shutters? Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was a bit comical, to be honest. <laughs> a little bit, but uh, we'll see where that goes anyway. Um, it seems like for the for the build to the Blood and Guts match, they're doing the very traditional, look, the faces are all injured. They're coming in with bandages and, yeah. and braces and mm. casts and all that, which is fine, you know. I mean, I prefer the simplistic approach than the needlessly convoluted approach that WWE would often do, where the the faces will have the numerical advantage for no reason and, you know, stuff that doesn't make any sense. Do it the simple way, do it the classic way, do it the way that works. That's what AEW kind of excels at. Um, We're getting the Exalted one next week, apparently. Yes, yeah. Who, who, well, so I guess again, tying once again back into coronavirus, it's the status of AEW is, is up in the air. Um, yeah. uh, are they going to be allowed to run the show? Are people going to show up if they are allowed to run? And also, there was a story in The Observer that apparently Tony Khan has said to the locker room, Look, if you do not want to come to work for this specific reason because you're not confident in the, the health of it all, uh, no one will be punished uh, for that. So um, who knows what that show is going to look like? Um, yeah, I mean they can do a lot of pre pre tape stuff for it as well, you know. And yeah, they, and that's that's some of their best stuff. So that 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 might end up oh, being yeah. a great a great couple of weeks of TV. Oh, the writing uh, stuff is brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. I would love if because uh, Blood and Guts is in like two weeks. Uh, I would love if. If it was if that show was just like an hour and twenty minutes of pre-tape, and then a forty-minute empty arena blood and guts match, I guess um, you know I think they could pull that off with their with their sensibilities. Um, but uh, yeah, every, every, look, all all of these subjects are all up in the air, unfortunately. So there's nothing we can truly commit to just yet. Mm. Um, yeah, apart from those. I think, although it was a good, fun episode, I don't think there was much No, but I mean, the final little um, segment where they were going to 
powerbomb Adam Page off and Matt Jackson made save and then gave him the finger I was like oh my god I thought he was a good little Christian boy I don't do that Um, we then got some chair shots to the head I liked the Adam Page one where he got his hands up that's how you should do it that's how you should do a chair shot to the head well done <laughs> um, instead of just not doing them, just doing them like that. Make make it fake. Yes. Yeah, oh, weird, okay. Then. You know, like wrestling. <laughs> um, quite enjoyed that. Um, I liked the Moxley interview with Jim Ross. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. And the blood tri- uh, blood triangle, uh, death triangle, triangle de la muerte debut. They have like a. F- funky little like triple submission which is apparently called the death triangle as well yeah it's fun the uh the much anticipated return of private party to be eaten up by death triangle (laughs) (laughs) they seem to be going in kind of a trio's direction lately or is that just me i think that's a good yeah i think they might be and there's there's been murmurings for ages that they were going to unveil a new title maybe it's going to be a trio's one yeah um look they there was another Really great trios match on this show as well, wasn't there? Uh, Butcher and the Blade, MJF, uh, and, and MJF versus Best yeah. Friends. I mean, they're yeah, they have good trios matches. Um, no, it was uh, Jurassic uh, Express, not Best Friends. Oh, pardon me, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Although they're um, best friends as well, I would imagine. But uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that would be uh, that would be a fun idea. Oh, there was um, one bit where build. Butcher threw Marco on the ring apron and he just flew. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, so uh, we can probably wrap up there these last few bits. Uh, the, did any of you check out that kayfabe uh, Kickstarter thing? Yeah, it doesn't seem to be going super, super well. I mean, it's, going, yeah. it's it's weird. So if anyone didn't see this, it's Gail Kim, Christy Hemi, and Lisa kickstarting uh, an original television series that it looks like it's kind of like glow, and then it's a dramatization about wrestling. It's not a wrestling show, is it? This is my problem with it, and why I think it's not doing so well. Clear. Is, it's because they never, yeah, they didn't really explain what it is. It's a dramatization, but it's like showing you the real story behind wrestling, and it has wrestling matches on it. And it, yeah, it, it doesn't do. They didn't do a great job of explaining what it actually is. Yeah, and it's like, are you going to be Lucha Underground, which is like cinematic? wrestling or are you going to be dark side of the ring which is like recreations of wrestling controversies or are you going to be glow which is a a serial drama about wrestling like you know very very weird and and the other thing as well is that none of those as obviously this is you know pretty all female executive producers and stuff like that and they've all been through a lot of shit and they've seen the the senior side of the industry so maybe they would have an interesting perspective on it but when you read the buzzwords in that in that description, like, you know, cinematic, blah, 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 dramatic, different style of wrestling. It's like, okay, these these are the buzzwords we heard on wrestling Kickstarters 10 years ago, and these are the buzzwords that are kind of being fulfilled on the indies now by your OTTs, even AEW to an extent. Uh, it, it was very tough to kind of get a grasp of what it is they wanted. I, I I think it might be one of those things that just about makes its target but never comes to fruition because I, I, I don't see... Uh, I, I don't see it taken off the way they maybe hoped. I think an issue as well is that as an all-female idea or promotion, I mean, that's already a niche enough yeah. area of wrestling. Uh, and I think their goal was, what, half a million dollars or something? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if 
that's necessarily a, you're kind of casting a wide enough net there to, to get especially up. with with the with two big companies signing up people. I mean, you look at like NWA's roster; they've just about snagged the last of the really good uh, ta- talent. I mean, it's it's kind of slim pickings out there um, at the moment. So, uh, yeah, but uh, you know, maybe maybe something will come of it. And the thing about these Kickstarters, though, is that if something does come of it, it'll be a long time before we see it anyway. So. <laughs> Remember the uh, wrestling revolution project? I think about that about once a month. <laughs> I just found their Kickstarter page actually. So they they wanted to raise a hundred grand and they did. Uh, that was uh, July twenty thirteen. No wait, it was updated July twenty thirteen. Yeah, it was like twenty eleven. I think it was one of yeah, the first wrestling. Yeah, one of the first wrestling Kickstarters I ever remember it and did it. It disappeared off the face of the earth, and then Jeff Katz came back and he said, "Oh no, I, I'm sorry for disappearing off the face of the earth. We're going to make this happen." About two years later, and then he disappeared off the face of the earth again. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, I, I, I hope someone just gets those tapes and just leaks them at some point, just so we can at least see what they had. Someone burgle Jeff Katz's house for fun. Yeah, I, can, I can't. Balls, you would do it. I can't imagine he can afford a proper security system. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, we'll, we'll wrap that up there for this week anyway. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> update on WrestleMania and all associated stories when they come. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, sorry if you've been affected by any cancellations or you're feeling the cabin fever in light of all this news. We'll do our best to to, to keep these shows flowing and keep you busy. Um, uh, while you're on lockdown, I hope everyone is, uh, uh, you know, taking the necessary precautions and uh, feeling good. Lads, we will uh, we'll call it there, will we? And we'll, we'll uh, uh, tell everyone to go to the website, chairshoppodcast.com, follow at chairshoppod on Twitter, and uh, we'll be back to you there next week. So it's uh, goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye, everyone. See you next week. See you.